Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Uh, in studio, we're always lucky to have PJ Duran in when he's not out riding or racing or Going to Barber. You like going to Barber, don't you, PJ? One I mean, of my favorite places. Unfortunately, work seems to be where I spend the most time. Well, but when you're down there to uh, to Barber, what do you do? You start with a gallon of uh, chocolate milk, right? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've not had the chocolate. Okay, uh, it's, so it's, a bit, it's a bit much for me, oh. especially when it's hot. Great recovery. And speaking of recovery, I do want to thank our good friends at Hicklin Power Sports um, in Grimes, Iowa. But Right now, you can find them online. And what are you going to find online? Because a lot of people don't necessarily want to buy a new bike. Perhaps they have a budget for a previously owned bike. And our entire used lineup is available online. You can see pre-owned inventory at uh, our store in uh, Grimes as well as our store in Ames. You so can find the inventory there, too. I want to check it out. I want to check out the new bikes. And perhaps you and I have some kind of a relationship. You say, hey, come on out. But the bike, is it's going to be at least 10 minutes before you can bring it out to the showroom. Um, perhaps I need a haircut. Where do I go? Garage Gals right in the showroom there. What? Garage Gals. And, and if I need financing to buy that bike, who do I talk to? Do I have to go off-site? Nope. We've nope. got a finance uh, manager on-site. You can even fill out an online credit app before you come in to speed the entire process up. Kick I don't them. think a 480 credit score is going to get you done, though, Scott. I mean, No, what it will do is <laughs> we'll get well, you a 2004 CR250R Honda. I'll tell you that right now. All right. So, All right, uh, so I had to get it in. I'm our, sorry. Our number one, we had Ryan Sipes on, who's he got a really good. interesting program. We had Stu Baylor and yep. Jason Thomas, who uh, had a little... Uh, Smack talk there about GNCC. Our number two, we've got Lee Habib, Luke Neese, and Cole Seeley. What did Jason Thomas call you? Uh, he was actually talking, calling Stewart uh, called Fat Boy. He called huh. Stu Baylor Fat Boy, and okay. he said he would never call me fat, even though I'm fatter than Stu, so I don't know what he's talking yeah, but about. That's a but matter of inches. We both lost. <laughs> All right. Both have lost a bunch. Cole Seeley joins us. Cole, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? You missed uh, the the war of words, as it were. Um, would you like us to get either one of those two back on so you can continue? You're probably good, right? <laughs> no, I'm good. Cole, I, I, I want to tell you, um, on paper, what was it, 13th place you got in, in Daytona? Um, it, that's uh, not probably where you want to finish but man you were badass fast in the heat race and and you had you had a good race i mean you got to be you got to be proud of, of what you did in daytona um you know as a racer i'm bummed it it's always it's hard to you know go down on the first turn and the the class is so stacked this year i mean you really you know kenny was down with me too and, and he's what second in points and he was only able to come back to eighth it's just 
Right. It's hard this year to if you make a mistake early on to, to make up the ground that you lose, uh, you know, so quickly. Daytona is such a unique animal too, and and um, to me, it seems like it's a little bit of a, you know, the the uh, the the rhythm section on the going headed north on the very north end there. The whole track seemed like like speed rhythm or or or, or rhythm Red section. Bull rhythm, you know, like the 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 rhythm. Uh, straight, rhythm. straight, yeah. I was trying to say that straight rhythm with yeah. with 180s or whatever, but um, pretty unique track. But but D- Daytona always has those jumps where you're like, holy cow, they're not going to do that, and then you guys do, and then it might take you a little while, or it might take another guy a little while, but you always have the guy that busts it out, and then everybody sees it, and then you have to do it. It takes a lot of guts, I think, to to do well at Daytona. Yeah, and I I really didn't didn't like that. I know what section you're talking about, the one where we're going table over single over table. It was uh, it was pretty risky, and Daytona is always known for getting kind of ruddy. So um, I actually spoke to AMA throughout the day about changing that, and they they didn't really do anything about it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it's part of it. You know, it, you got to assume the risk that you're you know when you line up that there's going to be some obstacles that are going to be kind of hairy. But um, I've also try to do my part with making it a little safer and um I, I have a good relationship with the dirtworks guys just kind of over the years we'll we're really good about communicating with each other um so i always go to those guys this weekend it was a different track builder um who i'm not familiar with so um they don't necessarily listen to me or trust me as, as well as the dirtworks guys do so uh but yeah i mean daytona is always a really cool track and and always a legendary event and, and i always enjoy going there though and speaking of it i mean it was clearly a tough track by the time the 450 main happens it is as you'd mentioned getting rutted I and mean, it looks impassable to an amateur like me did, i mean did that play into uh your, your issues early in the race or was it just a racing incident no it was just a racing incident um i think it was it was reed who came over and actually took me and kenny out. I mean, it wasn't his fault you know it was the sand section it just, you know, he obviously wasn't meaning to cut as far over as he did. But, um, yeah, I collected both Kenny and I. And uh, we, I was down for a while because Kenny was actually on top of me. And, and when he was on top of me, I had to get him up before I could get to my bike. And I was thinking, like, oh, crap, you know, my header is right there. You know, <laughs> he's laying right in that area. I was trying to get him off the bike as soon as I could and, and get my own bike up. But it was, and it was like two laps before I caught up to anybody. So I was buried back there. You know, I, I I don't understand, and and I know that Daytona is a different deal. And in Daytona, they start with cl- with sand and try to put clay on top of it. But I, I, I just don't think we talked about sand before Daytona, and I just don't think sand belongs on a Supercross track. I'm looking at Atlanta, the track map. They got another 180 sand turn. It's just stupid. I, it doesn't make for good racing. It, all it does is is separate guys, and, and, and you go through the thing single file for the most part, and uh, it's got to suck as a rider. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it really doesn't belong on a, on a supercross track. Um, I don't know why they keep trying to make it work, but uh, it never does. And it always ends up being one-lined, and you know you get sweat and sand in your goggles or you know, in your helmet, or it just—it just isn't fun. It beats up the bike, it beats up the equipment. It's—it uh, really doesn't belong to Supercross track. Daytona might be an exception. They might get away with it because uh, 
It's Daytona. You know, the tra- it's, it's Daytona, yeah. It's, it's like you do a lap time at Daytona, and it's like there are so many spots where that can make or break your lap time. Uh, where at a normal Supercross track, you know, we're within tenths of each other. And, and sometimes, you know, I think at like one of the races, top 14 was in one second of each other. So, like, Daytona is the exception, you know. It, it definitely separates people. So maybe you can get away with staying there. But, yeah, like this weekend I, I saw that, the 180 stand answer and I was like really again like <laughs> are we learning yeah it just I, I don't I mean I they're watching the same race we are and I don't care if you're watching it in the stands or if you're watching it you know at home on TV you can see that as soon as you guys get into the sand section somebody slams on the brakes or gets blasted in the face and then and this isn't outdoor so the stuff that you got to do right after the sand section and you got sand in your goggles it's dangerous and it's going to hurt somebody or worse. And yeah, and and our bikes aren't set up for it, right? Because like supercross, you go really stiff with your setting, um, and it, as soon as you get into into sand, it, it starts to plow. And uh, yeah, the bikes definitely. It's not like we're going to set them up for one one sand turn. So yeah, yeah, like I said before, it doesn't belong. But part of it, I guess, we all have to deal with it. So as a racer, you kind of just try to look look past it and, and focus on the rest of the track yeah um going to atlanta this or uh, the, the the track that you're going to this weekend uh, other than that what did you i mean i'm sure you saw the track map what, what are your thoughts on it indianapolis uh i haven't studied it that that much lately or um yet i, I kind of wait for the press videos to actually because you know the rhythms they never are like identical to the, to the uh track map but uh, yeah, I saw the start. I saw the, the sand turn, and, and uh, yeah, it looks it looks good. I mean, Indy is always interesting because you never really know what you're going to get there with the dirt. It it could be pretty tacky, or it could be really soft, and uh, kind of you know it, it can be really make the the rhythm lanes interesting because you're trying to avoid rust, you're trying to find the smoothest line, and and all this stuff. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I just try and wait for the press day videos and see who's doing what before I get there, and then the real deal is track walk, obviously. How is everything at Honda? What's uh, what's going on? The bikes? Are you guys? Do you, do you are you doing anything as far as setup and, and trying to find different things? Or are you guys pretty well set on what you're riding? And how different is your bike from your teammates? Do you know? Um, we're pretty similar. I think our engine packages are pretty similar. Um, we both don't like a ton of power um we actually detune the bikes or um you know try and make the ignition timing slow the bike down a little bit but um as far as suspension i don't really know what he's on he's on show show uh suspension and i'm on kyb so uh i don't i haven't ridden his settings obviously because they, they don't transfer over but from looking at his stuff it looks pretty similar to how i ride mine um but yeah i mean honda's awesome we we're never like you know, I don't really have a week where I don't try at least something, you know, just, you know, maybe a click this way, a click that way, just to try and fine-tune the setup. And, you know, you learn a lot at the races, so try and trickle that into the week and get my laps in, but also try and do some testing to, to fine-tune the bike and fine-tune the setting. So you both are on the same team. He's on show. You're on KYB. Can you explain how that happens and, and why? Yeah, so I don't know if any other team has ever really done it, but we actually have a, a suspension shootout before the season begins, and we have both 
suspension companies there and offering their best stuff or, or you know, kind of helping us out, help develop the stuff as, as quickly as they possibly can. And, and then we get to choose. So, uh, you know, I've picked KYB the last four years. The first year I picked Shoa, um, and now I've switched over to KYB. And then, you know, Kenny has, has been back and forth when he's been at Honda. So it's cool just to have that option and um, work side by side with, with both KYB and Shoa. And even if I don't pick Shoa, like I, I'd still help them develop or help them give input on, on what they can do to, to better their stuff and, and vice versa with Kenny and KYB. So it's uh, it's pretty cool like to have that option. And, and like I said, I don't think any other team really provides that for any other riders. How does that work? I don't know. That's surprising to me, honestly. Especially since you you give them feedback, even though you're gonna you're gonna go with their competitor. I think that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's but it, it all. I don't know. Would it just help one help one another out? I don't. I don't know if that. I don't, I wouldn't say that feedback goes to other teams, but it it kind of stays within the Honda camp. That's yeah. That's an interesting arrangement, and I assume there's a reason for it. It's it's a benefit certainly to the suspension providers, and potentially, I guess, to your team. Uh, the better the support they give you. Yeah, and you know, Honda really they don't stop at anything to to make sure that we're comfortable. So that's just one thing that they do, and and you know, and then it turns into hours and hours of testing and fine tuning and. And this year we got Trey Canard as our test rider, which has been absolutely amazing. So it's been uh, it's been good, it's been, it's been fun developing the bike, and even the new the new uh, bone stock Honda 450 is is absolutely like it's way better. I, I'm so I, like the first day I rode it, I was blown away at how how much like our development on the team has trickled into that bike and and helped it become a better. Uh, you know, race bike for the, for the everyday rider. You talking from eighteen to nineteen? Yeah, eighteen to nineteen, even seventeen to eighteen, and then yeah, this this most recent chassis is really good. Um, and we, yeah, I, I I've struggled a little bit setting the bike up in the past years, but like this new one is pretty easy to fine tune. I'm really happy with it. I went to the Honda shop and I said I want the Cole Sealy replica, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> and I was pissed. I almost went to a Yamaha, but I went ahead and bought a Honda well, anyway. Well, there, there was a small, there was a small version in the in the uh, carton. There was, yeah, yeah. I did get the toy, but uh, <laughs> which is very fast, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, you, are you, where are you living, Cole? I live my my main residence is Southern California, uh, mm-hmm. Orange County. That's what I call home. But right now, I'm staying in in Claremont, Florida, where a lot of riders stay and, and train down here. Uh, just I kind of go back and forth. I have I have a house in in California, but then I have an apartment out here in Florida. So I, I train and test and everything out here with with Kenny and Chase Sexton and Adam Cerrillo when he's out here. Uh, it's, it's a little easier to focus out here. It's less distractions for me, and uh, the tools are definitely uh, a little better out here. But I I, I love California. I, born and raised out there so sure where are the prettiest girls california or florida <laughs> let me go with california we're close to the beach wow. but you wow. can find some of them older gals in florida that are pretty good looking still <laughs> you can find older gals at any bar usa how about that oh and the bars are so smoky in florida <laughs> did you guys did you make your way to main street in daytona uh not this year i did a couple years ago it's 
it's interesting. I I never been down there until a couple years ago, and it's it's crazy. It's fun though. I like I like walking around and, and checking everything out. Yeah, we all the different bikes and stuff. We went there yesterday, and uh, yeah. and I flew out. I flew home early this morning, but he does the pre-trial release program. I actually uh, didn't go to jail this year, Scott. But thank <laughs> cheers you. and kudos. So, <laughs> I have been in, inside Volusia County, Cole. Not a fun place, uh, but it just got out of hand. It's no big deal. It, it happens. Um, so, uh, I, you you ride with AC. Um, I didn't hear this, but PJ, you were talking about it off air. That uh, Ricky Carmichael says that it, when it comes down to Forkner and AC. AC's got it in the bag. He was giving him the nod, for sure. I don't see that. I, I don't either. Forkner just seems to be on a tear. Like you said, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It, yeah. It'll, it'll be, be a race. It'll be a race. What do you think, Cole? <laughs> I know that I know what we already saw in the shootout, but what do you what do you think? Um I think I, I mean, just not just because I'm I'm Adam's friend, but um uh, I I think experience is gonna come into play with that. Uh Adam's been you know he's been through the ringer, <laughs> unfortunately. He has. Stuff, but I feel like he's learned a lot from it. And I feel like he's stronger than he ever has been, and uh, super talented too. I mean, Austin's incredibly talented. Um, I just see a few mistakes here and there out of him, but again, he's absolutely amazing to watch on the bike. But it'll be a good, good uh, summer. And then you know Chase also Chase Sexton. He's he's. I think he's going to open a lot of eyes this summer. He's, Really, he's in really good shape. I, I motored with him today, and he's, it's incredible how he, how talented and how uh, um, how good a shape he's in. It's, it's really it's crazy. But uh, yeah, those guys are definitely going to give me a handful this summer training with them. But uh, it's going to be fun, and they're going to they're going to have a lot of success. And I'm excited to be alongside of that. There are there's so much talent. I mean, we say it all the time, right, Tony? But there's so much talent in the 250 class. I mean. Just knock your socks off incredibly talented riders that, you know, who's going to leave? I don't see anybody leaving 450. Who's going to leave to make room for these guys in the future? It's always been that way, but it seems like it's, it's you know, when when you get a guy like Cole Seeley that, that uh, you know, week in and week out, he's there and he's, you know, like this week he, he fell down in the stupid left-hand sand turn that don't belong on the track, but... Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it, it's, it says a lot about you, Justin, Brayton, those kind of guys that uh, I didn't just call you old Cole, even though Justin's <laughs> getting old. But you know what I mean? I mean, you get all these guys that come in, like Plessinger, he's a, he was a champion and he came in and, and while impressive, he you know, he's... It's, he's not stolen the show. No, not by any means. So it's, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. AC... I think would be good on a 450. Does he ever? Have you ever seen him on a 450? Uh, only on a stock one. Like we'll be out here in Florida and we'll get a little bit more rain than anticipated. So I've seen him ride the stock 450 a couple of times, but nothing, you know, that's going to be you know the to the potential of when when he moves up to the big bike. But yeah, I think he'll be good. He's he's a tall rider. Um, he's got a, a lot of technique that he's developed over the years and I, I think he'll be good when he moves up well we're proud of you cole we're, we're glad to have you as a friend of the show and, and to have you come on over the years and we wish you uh the best this weekend and go get him all right thanks guys thanks for having me on all right we're gonna take a break 
And uh, when we come back, we have another Supercross rider. Luke Neese. Young guy, but uh, we've, we've had him on before. So it'll be Anytime Luke is on the show, tickets are automatically reduced to how much? Five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Luke Neese coming up next. Lee Habib in the wings later on in the hour. Stay tuned. You're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Stay tuned. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast 